Thanks for listening to the River City Church Podcast. To learn more about our church community and how you can be a part, visit us online at therivercitychurch.org. Well, good morning, River City Church. Good to see you guys back after Thanksgiving. Hope you guys all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I see some family still in town, some others still traveling. And if you did not have a wonderful Thanksgiving, you survived it. So you're on the other side of it. Just uh, no. You know, the, the, the holidays can bring up all kind of uh, awesome things. And, and some people call it the, the most wonderful time of the year, um, which it really is in a lot of ways. But for us as a church, as believers, it is a wonderful time of the year for sure. But it's not the only wonderful time of the year. I just want to give you uh, two more. I know they threw a lot of announcements at you, but just kind of put these on your radar for into the new year in January. January 18th first, we have a half-day men's retreat called Man Up. Yes, there we go. Uh, Man Up, where you're going to embrace who Jesus declares you to be. Uh, So super excited about that one. And then also February 8th, the registration is already open for this, is a marriage workshop called The Marriage You Don't Deserve. And that comes with a brunch and lunch and a book and workbooks and all this stuff. So uh, go ahead and start Start putting those on your calendar. That one is February 8th. So I wanted to like, let you guys know about those things in the middle of all the busyness to put those on your calendar. But right now we have Christmas. We have our Christmas services. We have Christmas Eve services that are coming. Um, as, as Chris encouraged you to get those cards and invite those. And it is an awesome, wonderful time. It's this time of exactly comfort and joy. Um, this week, my kids still, one of their favorite things to do is to take the old um, hard drive that we have and look at pictures of when they were little, and they love watching those videos and all the memories that we can have by looking at those old ones. And coming through those, I also saw some pictures of that we had pre-children, and it reminded me of the very first Christmas that my wife Nancy and I had. So we got married in October, and so right shortly after that, two months comes Christmas, and uh, we were living in central Illinois at the time, and so I grew up in the south, and we had fake trees growing up, and artificial trees that you just pulled out of the attic and pulled down. She's from Ohio, and it was all about getting a real tree. She had to get a real tree, and so... I, having a tendency of being a cheapo, bought the cheapest Christmas stand you could possibly buy that is not a good combination with the girl who wants to get the biggest Christmas tree she can find on the lot, right? So she looks around for the biggest one. So we set up the Christmas tree for the very first time together. Oh, it looks wonderful, beautiful, and, and all this stuff. I wake up uh, early on that Tuesday morning to go to an early morning pastoral staff meeting, and I come down, and the tree had toppled over in the nighttime, spilling water everywhere, breaking quite a few ornaments. I wake up Nancy, tell her the bad news, and she's all upset and frustrated that she lost some of these like first ornaments that we got as a married couple and we're, I've helped set it back up and try to do the best and have to jet because it's time to go and I, and I leave and I'm, and I'm in the staff meeting and I'm, this is before text so she calls me about like halfway through the staff meeting I'm like that's really weird she knows I'm in a meeting and she just wants to call and she goes I am so sorry that I lost my temper I'm so sorry that I was so upset with you for being a cheapo with the, with the stand and she starts like telling me that she's sorry and it's gonna be okay and then she yells and hangs up the phone and I'm going Christmas make people crazy. This girl, we've only been married two months, and I'm like, what did I get into? She apologized, yells, then hangs up the phone. 
right? So come to find out that while she was talking to me, after she fixed it, it fell again. And so this beautiful Christmas tree that's supposed to bring comfort and joy and peace in your home ends up being two days of torment in our home of getting this thing right and had to go out and spend $50 on a tree stand, right? And so now nah, we still use that one today. So, but the, the thing is that, that Christmas, it's, it, we, we get these images of, of peace and joy and comfort, but... I want to talk to you about that today. Is I'm just curious, as we are just now on the other side of Thanksgiving, talking with a few of you guys in the lobby of how even busy it was and, and all of this stuff, how many of you, that's when, when you think of Christmas, that's what comes to your mind. Oh, comfort. Oh, joy. Right? I mean, how many of you, how many of you could use some comfort? How many of you guys could use some peace in some areas of your life today? All right, we got a few honest people, right? I'll preach to just you guys because everybody else is all good. They don't need it. Because, uh, you know, this time of the year, it, we, we can put all these things on top of us to, to make it crazy. Our, our schedules get filled up with, with busyness and we've got to get everything done and we've got to go, go, go to this event and to this party and get this shopping done and then get them wrapped and then get the outfit for the dinner we're going to and prepare the meals and try to get everybody to the family's house to get together. And if there's family tension, that just adds more and more complexity to this season of you've got to watch what you say around them and make sure you don't offend people. And we, 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 instead of it being a peaceful time, too many people come full of anxiety and worry. And then yet for others, uh, it might even be something different. For you in your life, uh, like maybe this time of the year, it's a, it's a really difficult time because for some in our church community, they're celebrating the holidays for the first time without a loved one. That loved one has passed on and it's a new adjustment. Maybe it was the person that hosted Christmas Eve. Maybe it was the place that you went and, and now they're not there and, and Christmas just feels different without them. Others are, are going through challenging things in your marriage and it's just super difficult and the finances and all of that just brings more pressure. Others of you, you're, you're, it's just a season that, that depression can kind of creep in. It's like joy and happy all around, but you feel lonely and sad and alone in the middle of all that. And then others are facing serious health issues. And if you're not facing them, someone that you love is facing them. And, and that can even be more difficult at times. And so we want, we want this comfort and this joy that we sing about, that we talk about, that we hear about. And we know that Jesus does bring this, this peace and this comfort to us. And in fact, he is called the Prince of Peace. We read about this in in this prophecy about Jesus, 700 years before he was born by the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament, he declares this about Jesus and when he comes and what he's going to do and what he's going to bring. And this is what he says in Isaiah 9 verse 6, says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor mighty God, the everlasting Father, and he will be called Prince of Peace. He'll be called Prince of Peace. And then that prophecy 700 years 
earlier comes into fruition when Jesus is born. And then we read in Luke's account, in Luke chapter 2, verse 10 through 14, this is the angels appearing before the shepherds, and they declare this to the shepherds out in the field once Jesus is born of who he is. They say this, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel singing praises and saying, glory to God in highest heavens and on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. Declare that this peace has come. Jesus is prophesied as being the prince of peace. Peace on earth, goodwill towards man. And we hear that and we sing that and we read it in the Christmas story every single year. But yet what I experience, what you experience in our in our everyday life, our life experience seems to tell a different story than the Prince of Peace and peace on earth, goodwill towards man. Right? Has anybody ever been there? That honest moment of, of going, man, it says I'm supposed to have this, but I don't have this peace. And so if Jesus was the Prince of Peace, did he fail? Did he fail? Now, before you think I am a heretic and you want to throw me off the stage and take me outside, right? Listen, (laughs) sometimes it can be a little hard to reconcile life experiences and what we know to be true from the word of God. And I think sometimes out of those moments of being honest with God and being real with God, we come to those, we have to wrestle with who we say God is and who Jesus is. And that's what we see a, a lot of times in, in great Christmas carols that we sing and great poems that we read and, and, and ones that are written out of these, these challenging times. This is what we read about from the great American poet Henry Wadsworth Longfellow that he wrote on Christmas, that this, I heard the bells on Christmas morning. And like many musicians, like many artists, they will admit that some of their finest work has come out of either death, tragedy, depression. Some of the hardest times and the most difficult times is when something the most beautiful is written. So here's what we see happens in Longfellow's life. Go ahead and start that. At a young age, his, his wife was gathering the clippings of their girl's long curls to save them. And she put them in an envelope and melted a bar of sealing wax. And the candle happened to catch caught on her dress. She goes up in flames. And Longfellow himself goes running in to try to extinguish those flames. And he himself is burnt. And after two days of suffering, his wife passes. And he's left so jarred from it that from then on, he even keeps a long beard because he's unable to shave. And the Christmas season is coming. And he is, gets the news from his son that he wants to go off to war 
in this challenging time. Dear Papa, you know for how long a time I've been wanting to go to war. I've tried hard to resist the temptation of going without your blessing, but I cannot any longer. I feel it to be my first duty to do what I can for my country, and I would willingly lay down my life for it. God bless you all. Yours affectionately, Charlie. It was at the Battle of New Hope Church in Oregon, Virginia, that young Longfellow sustained injuries to his life. Oh, 
And in despair, I bow my head. There is no peace on earth, I said. For hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill towards men. See, we sing songs about a God that's coming to save us. We sing songs about him coming and and making a difference and bringing peace and bringing joy. And sometimes, especially in this season, the holiday season seemed to have a magnifying glass on us and we go, God, where are you in my life? Where is my miracle? And sometimes some of us can be disappointed with God when God does not respond, God does not act the way that we think that he should. And it comes about in all different ways. Maybe it was that baby that you dreamed about having this year around Christmas and that baby is still not here. Maybe it's that, that engagement that you thought that you would have this year, but you're, you're not there. Maybe it's that miracle. You're just really in need of a miracle, a straight up miracle, and it's not come yet. And sometimes we have a hard time out of our reverence and love of God, and even as, we, as Jessica led us this morning of seeing who God is, that we have a hard time of saying, God, what? I know you can do this. I know you are all powerful. I know you are almighty, but God, will you please show up here? And you can even walk around in this season and have a a low-grade anger towards God. Because we go, where is the peace of Christmas? People are stressed out all the time. There's anxiety. You look at Christian marriages. This person is a believer and this person isn't a believer. And you think that they should get along, but yet there's this strife. There's this, they just are mean and ugly to each other. Where is the peace in that, God? People financially, today we are making more money than many people here are making more money than they ever dreamed of or maybe more money than they ever had before, but yet we're still spending more and we're stressed out and you keep spending and you know that in January that statement is coming. Where is the peace in that? You have family get-togethers and the tension and the the brokenness that's there, and instead of it being a Merry Christmas, it's a Jerry Springer Christmas, right? And there's all this tension. Then you flip on the news, and all you see is a divided nation, and questioning of media, and questioning of this side of government, and you don't even know what to believe anymore. And so, we go, where is the peace that Jesus said he would bring? And I think that all is dependent on how you define peace. See, often we think of peace as the removal of all anxiety, all of our pain, all of our worry, all of our stress, and this peace that, that he's supposed to bring is just supposed to calm us whenever we're disturbed, and that we're not supposed to have any effects of this life. But when we study who Jesus is and what it means to be the prince of peace, we find it is so much more 
and so much different than we perceive at first. See, the Hebrew word, Hebrew translation for that prince of peace is Shar Shalom. Shar Shalom, you're like, what, what, what does that mean? Well, I'm glad you asked, because I'm going to tell you what it means. Shar Shalom, Shar Shalom means to be, um, <clears throat> actually, it's, it's broken down even in the, in the Greek. The Romans would use it Caesar, like, which would come to the name of Caesar, you know, Julius Caesar, someone that he is so, the Shar is the, it means the captain, the lord, the chief, the general, the one that's in charge. So Jesus is the Shar, he's the captain, the lord, the chief of Shalom. Shalom is, is a greeting that we know that a lot of Jewish people use in greeting one another. And shalom means peace, but it means so much more than just peace. It means, it means rest. It means tranquility. It means wholeness. It means completeness. It means a peace that passes all understanding. So Jesus is our shar shalom. He is our general of peace. He is our general of tranquility. He's the chief. He's the commander. He owns the peace and he wants to share it with us. So yes, Jesus is peace. He comes to those and he comforts you and his peace will comfort you. And have you ever walked with someone and they're going through the most difficult season in their life and you're watching them and you're going, how are you handling this? How are you walking this through? And you know, and, and it's like they have this peace in the middle of all of their life seeming like chaos. So Jesus, he wants to bring his peace to you. This is what Jesus says in John 14, 27. It says this about his peace. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus says his peace he leaves with us. Whose peace is it? His peace. It is not our peace. So it's not going to be ours to own, to control. It's his peace. And he wants to give us his peace. But he doesn't give it as the world gives it. He wants to give you his peace. That is just a whole other level of amazing things. Of, of When his peace, Jesus had peace. Yes, he had, he had troubles and turmoils that leading up to the cross, but he had peace in that because he knew who he was and he knew what he was going to do, that he was heading to the cross on your behalf and he was willing to do it. And he has a peace, his peace, that he sees the whole picture. He sees what's all that's going on. He sees the beginning to the end. He sees eternity. And he says, I want to give you this peace that I carry. When someone else has peace, you feel that peace, right? You, they, they, like, when they come into a hospital room and they're carrying peace, you sense it, you feel it. When you're going through a hard time and someone comes over and they have peace, it helps you because their peace becomes your peace. Just like, not really like this, but years ago, I was visiting a friend down in Georgia and on the side, he would uh, sell motorcycles and cars. He'd buy them, fix them up, turn around and sell them. And I was with them and he was like, oh, I got this call. I got to go show this motorcycle. Would you come with me? And it's like eight o'clock at night and I'm going, hold on, we're, we're driving. I'm like, I'm going like this downtown Savannah area. And I was like, hey, is this safe? Like, are we, are we supposed to do this? I hear about people getting robbed on, on Craigslist and all of this stuff of doing this. And he goes, don't worry, I got my peace. 
And all of a sudden, his peace became my peace because he was carrying his peace, so his peace became my peace, all right? Not like that, but Jesus' peace is so much greater than my friend's peace that he was carrying, all right? Because his peace is a peace that passes all understanding. And then Jesus goes on and he explains it like this. In Matthew 5, 45, he says, again, even those that are believers, we still hit troubles. We still hit turmoils. It says, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart for I have overcome. That's not the verse, but he says this in 5, verse 45, he says, he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Whether you're a believer or not, there is hard times that comes. There is times that come up that want to steal your peace, steal your joy. There is stuff that comes. And so Jesus comes and he says, hey, it's going to rain on both. And so it's going to happen on both. And so I've got this to help us display this of of an umbrella. He says, it's going to rain on both people, right? (laughs) Hey, that kind of helps with those lights. There we go. Um, So (laughs) he says, hey, if you want my peace, stay close to me. Stay under me. Because the rain is coming on everyone. And it's going to happen and things are going to come. And his peace is that we can have access to as much peace as he gives us when we stay close to him. When we are under the shar shalom. When we are under the command, the rule, the covering of our shar shalom. He's the commander in chief. So guess what? He's in charge of the peace and he gives this peace, but we have to stay under it. We have to stay under, he is the Lord, he has rules, he has regulations, then they are for our protection. And so often, we, we trust in Jesus, but we're not really following him. So we, we are outside of his peace. Because even though we know what the word of God says to do to have peace, you will see this this week, these, these months coming up, these weeks coming up with your family, and you have ones that are not believers, and you see the turmoil and the stress that they carry, and you just see it up close, I see it up close, and that they're not stepping under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Now, does it mean everything is easy, simple all the time? No, but you have to stay under his lordship because his covering is there. He is the prince of peace. Too many people are trying to do it on their own energy, on their own strength, figuring it out on their own, trying to get their own own peace of themselves. But Jesus says, hey, come under me in my rule, my commands, come and believe me and show you that my ways are better than those other ways. Can a couple that is having marriage problems, if a, if a man or wife is having an affair, is there gonna be peace in the home? Why is that? Because it's out of the lordship of Jesus Christ, it's not how he designed things to be. So there's going to be turmoil, and so they're stepping out from his covering by doing what they want. Is, uh, <clears throat> how about you get, a couple gets into a big fight, yelling at each other, screaming at each other, saying all, going ballistics, calling each other names. Are you going to have the peace of God in that household? No, because you're not honoring each other. You're not hanging out under the peace of God. You're not following what he says to do. And I know this sounds like a lot of works. It's not, it is following the way of the master, the commander of peace. He owns it and he gives it out. 
If someone goes around, you know, they, they can have, you can have peace in your finances, trust in God in your finances, but you step out when you start letting greed control you instead of generosity, and you start racking up debt and credit cards just to consume things and try to impress people that you don't even like, right? You're out here trying to do this, and you lose that peace because you're going outside of the lordship of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the shalom. He is the prince of peace. And even in the difficult times, even the challenging times, when we trust him, and that's when it matters the most, when we trust him in those difficult times, when we trust him and we hold on to his promises and what he says is true, when it's challenging, when it's difficult, people will look at you and go, how do you have peace in this circumstance, in this situation? Because you're holding on to what he says. And his peace and his ways, are, they're so much bigger than this umbrella. It's not like you make one little step and you're outside of it. His grace is so much bigger and it covers so much more. I just want you to understand that his grace covers so much. But he does want to draw you back. And yes, I believe that he will even remove his peace when you start trickling out and looking into other things. You say, why would the, 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 the Shar Shalom, the, the chief, the commander of peace, take away the peace? because he sees you going after other things of this world that you think are gonna give you peace. And he's not, he loves you so much, he cares for you so much, he's not going to let that compete with him. So he's gonna, you're, 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 if you go chasing after money, if you go chasing after this, this popularity, you go chasing in high school about being the most, the, the, the most popular one in school, you're, you're going to step away from his covering and you're gonna lose that peace because he wants you to see that that's not going to fulfill you in the end. And it's point to drive you back to him. That's what we see in, in the story of the prodigal son is that he's bringing us back to him, that we get to stay there. We get to stay with the Shar Shalom and he is, he is our Lord and his ways are greater than we think. So how does this play out in our everyday life? Well, first off, we see that it's not our peace. It's his peace. So we have to stay connected to the one who is the giver of the peace. That's him alone. Ephesians 2, 13 and 14 says this, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were far away have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. For he himself is our peace. With Jesus, we can have a peace in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the craziness and the chaos of, of Christmas, and we can find that comfort and joy when we stay close to what we know in our hearts to be true. When we don't just let the circumstances and situations dictate what we believe, but we, we stick true to what the word of God says and we hold true to what the word of God says and who we know Jesus to be and how we know he is loving and he is one to be trusted. When we keep coming back to what we know deep down inside, we will have a peace. And that is how Longfellow story did not end there. He, he stayed with what he knew. He stayed where he was. He stayed connected to the body. He stayed connected to listening to the word of God when he was going through this dark night of the soul of losing his wife and now losing his son. And it didn't end there. It continued on. 
And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. We hear the account of this happy occasion and are tempted to overlook the events that have fevered our newspapers, shops, streets, and parlors these many months, hoping that the merriment of the Christmas season might spirit away our troubles. To be sure, we live in distressing times. We are divided, brother pitted against brother, and father against son. Furthermore, each of us finds him or herself bent under our own personal burdens, those aching memories, and the dark uncertainties that weigh heavily on our hearts. Thus we come, beckoned by the tolling of the bells, to cross the threshold of the church this blessed day hoping to be allowed some relief from the unrest of our world and of our souls. And yet, the very story we hope will comfort seems instead to mock us with the angelic chant of peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Where is this goodwill? Where is this promised peace? lest we despair. Be assured that Christ's arrival still resounds in hope. A mighty sound that rings across the landscape of this world and in our hearts. For Christ shown his goodwill to us, ushering peace into the most terrible enmity of all, the one between us and him. Alas, our souls need no longer be at odds with God. Thus we are ennobled to lift our eyes to heaven. And with our upturned gaze, he beckons us to raise to him the darkest conflicts of our world. We may raise to him the war that rages in our nation and we may raise the wars we wage in our hearts. Many hundreds of years ago, the Christ child came into the midst of the dirt and darkness of this warring world. And Christ is still alive in the hearts and minds of those with whom his peace has been made. In us, 
the promise of peace has been answered. And in us, that peace shall still spread and prosper. So may the bells of Christmas forever ring, resounding with the praise of peace on earth and goodwill toward men. does he sleep the wrong shall fail the right prevail with peace on earth goodwill to men Longfellow's story did not end in sadness and despair in the midst of the most hard and challenging seasons and times and the most challenging Christmas and yours does not have to end that way either and that is why the Christmas story is so amazing that's why this Time is so important to what we believe because it tells us this very thing that God is not dead, he is not distant, he is not forgotten, he has crossed the great divide, he, the one and only creator, came born of a virgin by the power of the Holy Spirit and had his way among us. Why is that so important? Why is that so important? Because if he had had an earthly father, he would have inherited nature sin, sin nature itself, And because we, we are all bent towards sin. You know that, I know that, our kids know that. I never had to get up one morning and teach my kids what sin is. They kind of just picked it up on their own. I didn't have to teach them how to disobey. They kind of learned that on their own. So this sin, this selfishness, this desire, to go for what you want. We are all bent that way. But Jesus, who was not distant, who was not dead, who was not far away, born of a virgin, did not have sin, so he could be the perfect sacrifice in the place for our sin, he was the one who was slain on the cross. And he was, gave his life for you and I and was raised again on that third day so our sins could be buried there. And he's the one who owns the peace. He is the one who is the commander, the chief, the Shar Shalom. He's the commander of peace and he's here today to meet you in the middle of whatever turmoil, whatever stress, whatever pressures, whatever anxiety you're facing because he is not dead nor does he sleep. He is an active God and he wants to bring peace into your life and he's saying come reside with me. Come be under my umbrella from banner over me is love when we are under his banner, under his covering, under his rule, under his reign, great things happen. Not that our lives will be free of all pain and hurt, but we can have peace in the midst of the most challenging times. Would you guys stand with me? 
team's going to lead us, but we have so much to be praised, to praise for because of what he has done. And sometimes in order for us to feel our peace, we need to remember what he has done for us and singing out and joining as Jessica led us this morning of what the angels are saying of who he is and that he is the Lord. He is Lord Jesus Christ. He is over it all. He holds it all together in his hands. And we have an opportunity to worship him, an opportunity to pray to him, an opportunity to bring our request to him in whatever we're going through. Yet, even though he is over the entire universe, he is not distant. He is here with us. Would you guys join in singing this closing song? Thanks for listening to the River City Church Podcast. We'd love to hear how God is using River City Church to minister and impact lives. If you have a story to share of how God is moving in your life, send an email to amen at therivercitychurch.org. If you'd like to support our mission financially so we can continue to share messages just like these, you can give online at therivercitychurch.org slash give.